Welcome to the Sales Not Selling Podcast, where veteran sales professional Stacy Garrett will cover topics that will help you be more successful at sales without selling. Without selling. Learn tips and tricks for success, as well as ways to be your best authentic self. Hello, my name is Stacy Garrett, and I am the host of Sales Not Selling, the podcast. I'm going to try something new with this podcast by bringing in interviews about once a month or so to help get a different perspective on some of the topics I talk about on here with regards to sales. Today, the first guest I'm going to be interviewing is an absolute rock star sales professional, Spencer Galindo. He used to be a sales rep for one of my factories until recently when they sadly lost him to pursue something else. Now he's an account manager, a wonderful young professional, and boy, oh boy, is he aware of many hats, including sushi chef. Now, if that's not a tongue twister, I don't know what else is. Uh, He lives in sunny California, and like most things during the pandemic, he's joining me remotely. Welcome, Spencer. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Stacey. Thank you for having me a part of the show. I love the intro. Yes, I am aware of different hats, primarily sushi chef in on the weekends. It is a tongue twister. Um, <laughs> but I like mentioning I'm aware of our hats just because I literally wear a different hat at the sushi bar. And I've always wanted to be introduced as such. So thank you for filling one of my dreams. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's what we're all about here. Um, <laughs> so I brought you on because you are, as I said, genuine, genuinely a rock star in all areas. I've experienced in regards to sales. But I thought of you today specifically to get another perspective from someone that is walking the walk in terms of in terms of being more than just a sales rep for your clients. You really, I mean, really, truly make it feel like you are a partner. If you haven't heard the episode on being a sales rep versus a partner, check it out after this one, of course, don't stop now. It was episode 20 back in August of 2020. All right, Spencer. So I prepped a couple questions. Um, let's we'll just have a conversation here. Um, one of the things I'm dying to know is um, what is your secret to always making people feel like they're the most important customer you have in working with you over the years? I, I always felt like I was the only person you had to talk to. And I think that is a gift that not many people have, but you certainly do. Do you have any tips or secrets that you can share with the rest of the world? Yes, I do. Uh, First of all, it's uh, amazing that you felt that way because a lot of times you don't get that feedback. Um, You could be doing something for a really long time and have no idea whether you're shooting in the dark or shooting right on target. So it's good to know to have that confirmation. Is that true? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, As far as any secret, I I wouldn't say it's so much of a secret, but I just kind of always try to add value by collaborating as a partner with your client versus simply being a sales rep. I know that you have an episode that kind of uh, opens up that a little more, Um, but yeah. So partnering with your client rather than just simply opening up your trench coat full of products and telling your client, Hey, pick one. This is what I got. Um, Which I don't think is something that we should do, but it does happen. Also. I think the words we simply use to describe ourselves and others are incredibly important. So just Mm -hmm. mentally labeling, labeling yourself as a client's partner instead of their sales rep, immediately shifts the focus from simply making a transaction to understanding that you need to get in the trenches with your client every so often. Um, In a client-facing arena, this can be accomplished by doing your homework, asking probing questions, and arriving armed with a list of tailored product solutions. Again, your product solutions shouldn't be always a mixed bag of products. 
with information regurgitated from your company's website, but rather highlighting how the product might make one's life just a tad more enjoyable. Um, oh my gosh, that's so good. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad you're our first guest here. Um, I love that. I never really thought about the labeling um, of a sales rep versus a partner to your customer. I mean, I think that we both have that mindset. So um, it's just not been something that's necessarily occurred to me. But um, that is an excellent point about thinking about yourself that way and then projecting that. Right. Yeah, I think um, just going into every situation, whether they're your long-term client or someone that you're looking to prospect, uh, framing it as, hey, I'm already this guy's partner, woman's partner. Let me see what I can do for them rather than a sales rep, which when I hear the word sales rep could be different for other people, but I immediately feel distanced like that person represents them themselves and a different company rather than me and my needs. So uh, just saying, I'm partnering. I'm not a sales rep. I'm partnering. I'm not a sales rep. Just yeah. chanting like a crazy person before I go in there. Um, whether it's, you know, client facing or Zoom meetings, it really just helps shift that mindset and allows me to partner with them. That's awesome. I love that. I think that goes right to um, something I've talked about here as well, but um, the golden rule, do treat others the way you want to be treated. Do you want sales people to be um, selling to you, or do you want them to be partnering with you? So do that to your customers. That's awesome advice, Spencer. You're see, you're so smart. This is why you're here. <laughs> I definitely don't um, know about that. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I I agree with that notion. Um, and I also think that it doesn't necessarily have to be products uh, top of mind solving people's solutions. Uh, you know, we had a client who frequently ordered from us uh, with Origami, the previous company I worked for, and they were always required to jump through some the same standard sales hoops as everyone else. Um, so rather than sort of looking for products to throw at them, I understood quickly that it was um, a process issue rather than a product issue. Long story short, I was able to work around some company policies to ensure they had fewer steps to go through for each order. I know when you have a regular customer, they definitely expect a different level of service. I myself do as well. So it's nice to really... Uh, do whatever you can think of unique solutions to their problems so that they feel extra special and you work around your company's policies. But yeah, so it doesn't always have to be product centered. It can be, you know, more of a process centered solution that you can provide to your client to really make them feel like a partner. Yeah, that, I mean, that sounds like you when I was working with you um, as my rep. I mean, that's one of the things I would um, I was just talking to uh, some leadership yesterday from the place you used to work about how much I missed you and being because you were such a solutions provider. I mean, you at anything that came your way, you were all about finding the solution for it. It was it's amazing. It's a different mindset. I think it probably goes to your point about being a partner. Um, and do you have any other tips besides being a partner on how to come up with solutions, how you were always able to do that somehow miraculously? Yeah. So a couple different ways, but I want to shift away for just a second, just to acknowledge that, you know, the credit is not all mine. I definitely had some great leaders that I looked up to primarily Mike and Jason from Origadio. Mm -hmm. uh, I always looked up to them and I was kind of a fanboy. They used to tell personal stories about how the products that our company worked. And I would, uh, like a creepy guy, would kind of 
jump into their sales presentations, watch their videos over and over again, and then practice those stories at home with my own version of those stories. Uh, this helped me create an archive of solutions to pull whenever a client needed support. The very fact that uh, I had um, you know, a personal story attached to a product or a solution allowed me to have sort of that deep deck of things to pull from whenever a client had an issue come up uh, versus trying to just simply memorize all of the products I have and then try and recall that on command when you know, an issue with a client comes up. Um, I had personal stories uh, case studies to kind of pull from. And I remember things more vividly when I did attach my own emotions and personal stories. So that was a huge tip for me was just kind of, um, if you're lucky enough to have a seasoned vet or maybe a podcast that you're listening to, maybe it's sales, not selling. Um, I would just kind of, maybe if you, if you align with it to just stop, you know, I, I hate to say fake it till you make it, but at least sort of craft some inspirational personal stories that aligns with their message. And uh, hopefully you remember something for when an issue with a client comes up next time. Yeah, that's a very good point. Like listening to what other people have done to solve problems is definitely a way to get some more tools in your tool belt on solving problems. And I agree, Jason and Mike have come up with some pretty amazing um, uh, products and companies and they just keep growing and growing and growing, which is uh, fun to see for sure. Yeah. Um, so any other tips that you have um, on how you've somehow figured out how to be a super authentic sales professional? I mean, you, you are you. And I feel like when you are in a meeting or trying to sell to someone, it genuinely feels like you're being your authentic self, which is something I think is so important in sales. Um you know, maybe if you're the person that's, you know, partying and getting trashed every single night, maybe you don't want to be that authentic, but, um, uh, but you seem to, you seem to do it. You have this uh, way about you. Um, do you have any tips on how people can bring that to the table as they're um, building relationships with clients? Yeah. Uh, so I think if you boil it down, my goal is to just always answer the question, how do I add value, especially in a sales climate where there are thousands of people who do what I do so much better? I feel that consumers are extremely educated and have more buying, more buying power as a result of the resources available, available to them today. That alone mo motivates me to think of a sales process more of a job interview and ensure that I have an archive, again, of decent answers to give me an edge over maybe the more seasoned sales vet with boyish good looks, big muscles, and the charisma of Steve Jobs or however you envision your ideal self. Um, also, being a practitioner of this mindset actually eventually earned me an award for the best idea generator. This past year, from a branding agency that I really look up to, ideation. So it, it does work, or at least it did work for me. It's more of a mindset shift, and then things kind of uh, fall into place from there. Um, but yeah, no specific sort of how-tos or fun little acronyms that you memorize and sort of apply. Just really just head down every day. Don't think about the trophies and just put your reps in the gym and maybe you'll get a six pack. Oh, that's, <laughs> it's funny. If people could see you, they'd know that you are uh, muscle bound <laughs> for sure. Um, <laughs> um, I remember one of the first times you came in, it might've been the first time you came into our office um, with your previous employer and you remembered things that were 
Um, super impressive. And I think that that was what made you feel so authentic is that you made a comment about shoe dog, the book, um, um, on the Nike founder. And I still have the text message from you where you sent me a picture of you wearing sporting some new Nike shoes that you had gotten when you were in Portland. And I think that that is what I'm talking about when I think about authenticity is that, um, you were just being you, but you just happen to be awesome at that. Um, so maybe it comes naturally to you. And I think for some people it does that ability to connect with people does come naturally for some people, but you have a gift that makes you memorable and real. And the Nike shoes had nothing to do with what you were trying to sell. They just helped us realize that you were a human being, you know, and don't you think that that's even more important during the pandemic? I mean, oh, 100%. If you're able to sort of draw on those little moments you have with clients and expand them and let them know that you're thinking about them, I think it's incredibly important. I think uh, now that we're mentioning Nike and that experience, uh, another experience that I kind of drew from was I think when I did meet with you for the first time um, and Nate at Ideation. I recalled an instance I had with Nate. It was literally a two minute, two minute interaction at best. It was at a trade show. So he met thousands of people. I met thousands of people. I hadn't met him yet, but I remember everything from his walk up, his handshake and how he left. And I just knew this guy's a practitioner and anyone that works under him, I'm sure they're just as much as a practitioner, but I remember the shoes he wore. I remember he wore a hoodie. I remember him just smiling and saying, Hey, I'm Nate. What's up, man? And I'm thinking like, wow, this guy has has an aura. But I think expanding, I, I know that when we met, I mentioned that when we, uh, when I, you know, kind of revisited with you. And that was just another small, tiny moment that I really expanded, kind of like the Nikes uh, that I got when I did meet with you. Um, and just connecting in that way, finding any sort of little thread to pull on and making sure that, you know, we are partners in this thing, especially during a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. And we're real life people that have lives and, um, and you as a sales professional made it feel like um, work was also just part of your life. This is who you are. And I appreciate that. Um, It felt like when you have to tell me bad news, like, hey, Stace, I can't do this. I know you literally can't do it. I can't remember you ever saying that, to be honest, but I'm sure you have at some point. Oh, 100%. (laughs) I already know. (laughs) But because you've built that rapport with me and I know that you're being real, um, it feels like, oh, okay. He just said he can't do it. He can't do it. And um, I believe you more than if you were always um, kind of fake, um, which I think some sales professionals feel like they have to be in order to sell, but I, I don't believe that that's true. You've been very successful um, and we appreciate you and you're just being you. Um, so thank you. Anything else you want to add or? Yeah. Uh, so if I had to leave with maybe a tip to the new season or new or seasoned sales professional, I would say um, my sort of ending advice would be big or small mistakes can be awesome opportunities. And that sounds weird to say initially, but as a young sales professional and someone that's going to just generally continue making big and small mistakes, uh, I always get excited randomly. I know it's weird to say again, but it's really your moment to show a client how you respond to adversity and that you're someone worthy enough to be in the trenches with them. Oddly enough, 
The defining moment in most of my great partnerships stemmed from an issue we had right off the bat. I think you just need to take ownership, define a plan to rebuild the relationship, then humbly execute. And that humbly execute part is the main thing. Get on the call. Um, even if your tail is tucked between your legs, I think you just got to, um, you mentioned it in a different podcast, but eat that frog early on immediately. If you know you made a mistake, get on the phone and say, hey, I understand this is our plan. This is how we're going to execute. You know, I got your back. And uh, just understanding that, you know, those mistakes are actually opportunities uh, disguised. So um, oh I think God. I've, if I had to say anything, I would just kind of end with that. I think that is beautiful, beautiful advice. Thank you so much. Thank you, Spencer, for joining me on Sales Not Selling for our very first and more than likely the most memorable interview that we will have. Um, I hope you have much success and keep on selling and being your authentic self. Thank you. I really appreciate you joining me for this podcast today. I would really love to see this podcast get into more people's devices. So if you could share this with someone you know that's in sales or maybe a small business owner, I would genuinely appreciate it. If you think of a topic that you'd like me to discuss or have any suggestions on this podcast, please connect with me on LinkedIn at Stacy Garrett 29 that's S-T-A-C-Y-G-A-R-R-E-T-T, number 29 on LinkedIn, or you can find my podcast page on LinkedIn or Facebook by looking up sales, not selling. I hope you have a wonderful day and keep on being the best you.